The following is a presentation of the Boston Podcast Network. Podcasting is a great way for professionals to tell their story. Find out how you can get started at pod617.com. From the Pod 617 Studios in Westwood, Massachusetts, it's Are You Not Entertained? Now here's your host, Ed Nathanson. What's up to everyone out there? It's Ed Nathanson here back for another podcast. It's a special day where I'm going to again be talking about movies, music, pop culture, things that piss me off. And even more important today, I have special guests in the studio, my children. We have my son, Jack, who's 13. Say hello, Jack. Hi. And my daughter, Brooke, who is 11. Hello. This next segment is special because I have my kids with me here. But more importantly, it's to ask the question that I always wonder every day as a dad. Have I failed as a parent? Now, what do I mean by that for this segment? (laughs) What it means is, have I trained my children on music? Now, here's a little backstory to all of this so you can frame the picture for you. Ever since my son Jack and my daughter Brooke were babies, they have been going to bed to the Beatles every night. Every night. I pay Beatles music for them. So they went to the bed to the beautiful sounds of Blackbird and, and many other Beatles gems as they were going to bed. So I was subliminally trying to brainwash them from birth to be Beatles fans. <laughs> but more importantly, as they came of age and started expressing interest in music, both are, you know, are aspiring musicians themselves, I wanted to you know, start to introduce them to better music than the crap that they listen to today. And it is crap. And I don't care what you say. Now get off my lawn. That is true. All right. <laughs> So, with that being said, this segment, again, is asking the question, have I failed as a father? And we'll put their musical influence to the test. I will be asking them to identify song and artist of songs that would probably be classic to any of you listening who are in my demographics. So, with that, I will defer to... I'm sorry, we have a question from one of the participants. Um, how long of a song are you going to play? That's up to our producer, Dave, and you will play by the rules and be okay with it. All right. Okay. <laughs> we'll play, you know, the opening chords or a memorable section of the song. Ed, are, are, I think of you as uh, rap, hip-hop, rock, and probably not too much else, right? Then No. As a matter of fact, my <laughs> friend always says, if they're alive, I hate them. <laughs> But I don't go that far. What I will say is, is so that Bride Man, Roger. No, 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 no. He's joking. Classic, mu- <laughs> right. classic song. Right, classic music. Yeah, okay. Classic music. Okay. okay. You know something that actually requires instruments. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> All right. So with that, the first song is. <laughs> Is it somebody's turn? Oh, or? sorry. Oh, yeah, that's right, okay. right, that's <laughs> right, right. Sorry. I, I'm all over the place. We have right. rules here. Right. So I'm going to start with Jack. All right. Jack, you are up first. Here we go. All right. I like big butts and I can't Big butts are mixed a lot. <laughs> that was very quick and very impressive. My daughter is jumping through her chair because she knew this too. Is that correct? Yes. Yes. All right. Sorry. Sorry. All right, Jack, you got a nice softball to begin with. And I'm very impressed that you knew a song about women's posteriors. Okay. <laughs> Trust me, I'm a 13-year-old boy. <laughs> Good answer. All right. Brooke, you are next. You ready? Yes. All right. A little bit of a deeper dive. We'll see. 
Give it a minute. Also hip hop. You might even recognize that sample right there. I know this. Oh, is it ABC? So that's the sample, which I'm really Ooh, proud. That's she rich. gets credit right, for that. So she gets major credit for that. for that. So yes, that is the sample, but it's a, it's not. The song is called... Jack, you want to take a stab? Just tell her. It's OPP by Rodney. Naughty by Nature. Not because I hate you. Yep. You know what OPP? <laughs> yeah, you know me. Yeah. Really great. Great groove. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. But I'm so impressed, Brooke, that you knew that that was sample of ABC. By who? Michael Jackson. Well? Well, the Jackson 5. Thank you. Which Michael Jackson was part of. Right, exactly. I got a bonus trivia question. How many How many brothers did Michael Jackson have? Oh, um. It's kind of a trick question. It is a trick question. Because uh, there weren't five. Right? There w- Keep going. Keep, yeah, yeah go you're on the thought. right track. So how many brothers did he have? Six. Oh, my goodness. Well, mm. yeah. <laughs> I know what you're trying to say. He had five. Yeah. Yeah. Plus him makes six. Yeah. Right. Right. So right. I'll give it to you. Yeah. Yes. Good job. Yeah, there were Impressive. actually six, which is Brooke why they knows. became the Jacksons after they were the Jackson five. So yeah. it's, it's, I'll give you a little background on Brooke and Michael Jackson. She actually dressed, at him, dressed as him last Halloween or the Halloween before? Last Halloween. Last Halloween. Full-on thriller. Wow. Yeah, good stuff. I love it. Uh, okay. <laughs> Just don't go, worry, Jack. you'll let me down forever. Is it fair one, it? Yeah, it's fair. Okay. He's heard it in my car. What you doing? Because I'm about to ruin the image and the style that you're used to. There's a puzzled look on his face. <laughs> I know <laughs> this. This guy had a big nose. <laughs> yep. He'll tell you. I'm drinking ball of Hennessy. Not ready to see. Nope. Same era. Same era. Five. I don't know. Four. It is the Humpty Dance by Digital Underground. Here's a little thing about Digital Underground, by the way, that if you might know, believe it or not, you know who was a member of Digital Underground? They were a rap group. Do you know this, Dave? I don't think I do. Someone named Tupac. No way. Tupac. Yes. I love Tupac. Wow. Tupac. Tupac was a member of Digital Underground before Tupac's he started awesome. his own solo career. And Tupac. I know you guys know who Tupac is. I don't think Brooke did. R.I.P. Oh, I'm sorry. He's not yeah, dead. <laughs> right. Well, it depends on who you talk to. Right. All right, Brooke. Yes. Are you ready? Yes. All right, here we go. She's giving me the really daddy, but you have to say it. This is so easy. So, let me nail it. So, say it. First of all, this is Michael Jackson. Yes. There you go. And it is... Wait. I need words. Because two of them sound the same. Oh, Billie Jean. There you go. Billie Jean. All right. You guys are doing great. So far, my fatherhood is not in peril. (laughs) I love this. All right. Oh, God. Here we go. Love me some Michael. All right. So, Jack, are you ready? I am ready. All right, let's go. All right, here we go. It's tricky. Run DMC. Oh, oh my God! With the very shakes of the maracas at the beginning, or whatever that noise is, he nailed it. I am super impressed. Jack, awesome, awesome, awesome. It's tricky too. Now, while I find the next song, I'll tell you a little personal story about this song. I got to meet 
Daryl McDaniels. Oh, sorry, the crowd's still applauding for you, bro. Um, <laughs> I met Daryl McDaniels. Wait, I was going to make sure it's the Who's right DMC, member. DMC, yeah. for those who aren't yeah. aware. Yep. Yeah, um, at a charity event a couple years ago, and super nice. Got to uh, shoot the shoot the breeze with him and everything. And my friend asked him, "What um, what his, what is your favorite Run DMC song?" And you want to guess what he said? It's tricky. Exactly right. This song he said it's tricky. Really? I would yeah. have said rock box or you know. Yeah, you'd think it would maybe be something more obscure, right? But uh, but no. Huh. All right. Yep. All right. Let's keep it going. All right, Brooke. You nailed it the last time. Once you recognize the the Morocco. Yep. Oh, it's it's that was pretty brilliant. Yeah, that Jack. was good, Jack. You nailed it. it. All right, Brooke. Oh wait, for a bonus question, yes. who what song does that uh, song borrow from? Sample from? I have no you idea. Know? Oh. Play again. Uh, sure. My Sharono, the now. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> He's a genius. <laughs> oh yes. Proud daddy, proud daddy. All Very right. good. Most All right. people don't know that. Yeah. Yep. All right. All right, you Brooke. You can hear it. You can hear it. Da, 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 da. Exactly. Yes, exactly. Wow. Yep. Do you what know who great. sang my Sharona? That's a deep death. No. Okay. It was the knack. I said that. Oh, you did. All right. Well, I why said my you... Sharona, the knack. All right. Well, why okay. didn't you say it the second time? I thought you meant the lead singer. <laughs> right. Okay. okay. All right, Brooke. You ready? Nobody. Yes. Nobody knows the name of the lead singer. No, the no knack. one does. I would never be able to tell you that. Right. All right. You know this song. I know this. Not your turn. Let's go, Brooke. You come on. You know this. Oh, I do know this. <laughs> oh, I I know this. Oh, uh, um. They played at Patriots games. I know. He's from New Jersey. Uh, um. It's a song about a guy named Tommy. Yep. He used to work on the docks. Right. (laughs) Is it Tom Sawyer? No, no. But so I know you know this. It's called, do you want to take it, Jack? Living on a Prayer. Living on a Prayer. Yeah, by? Bon Jovi. Nice. Oh, I knew that. Yeah, I know you know that song. It's Uh, tough. You're on the spot right now, but that's good. I know that you know it, and that's what's even more important. Okay. Oh, what a good dad. Yes, exactly. Well, I'm encouraging. Encouraging. Living on a Prayer. Right. All right, right, Jack. All right. This one is a little off genre, but undeniably classic song. I hope we, uh, it's acceptable, Ed. Here we go. Yep. Nirvana. Oh. Smells like Teen Spirit. Wow. <laughs> wow. Love Absolutely. Nirvana. I want to remind my audience, this is a 13 and an 11-year-old doing this and knowing this. So you want to question what I allow them to watch? Screw you! I'm an awesome dad, as evidenced by this performance. Nirvana is one of my favorite bands. So. Okay, all right, all right, all right. Yeah. All right, Brooke, you ready? Yes. All right. All right. Here we go. Oh, come on. <laughs> Old school hip hop. This is women. It's a little bit of a deeper dive. Right. So. The tough one. Yeah. Ooh, baby, baby. <laughs> baby. Ooh, baby. No? I don't know. Jack, you want to take a shot? It's called color. Push It by Salt and Pepper. Mm-hmm. I've, I've never heard 
never listen to Salt and Pepper. Well, you need to. There's something you should put in your, in your tune. Seriously, you yeah. should download it. It's with the first oh, woman shit. rap group, I think. Yeah. Yeah, or maybe the second, but one of the first oh, women rap groups, and they were amazing. Okay. Yeah, there's this okay. song called Shoop that people love. What else did they have? Oh, oh yeah, let's What talk, a Man. What a Man. Uh, yeah, let's lots of, let's lots talk of about sex. Oh, like, yeah, it's um, a great. Although not you, Brooke. Don't ever talk about sex. <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> Just name it. Right. All right. All right, Jack. You ready? Yes. This might be too easy, but here we go. He's got the look like he knows it. Oh, Gmon Aerosmith. Nice. Absolutely. And as a and as a, a Massachusetts resident, it's imperative that you knew that because they are. Go ahead. Yeah, from Boston, Mass. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. yeah. They. Um, Steve Perry. No, not Steve no, Perry. Oh, oh no, no. Oh, you were doing so well. Wrong band. Wrong band. <laughs> right, wrong band. There is a Perry, but it's not Steve. Yeah. Yeah, actually, give him, give him, right. give, that's uh-huh. an understandable mistake. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Steve yeah, Perry's Steve, from Journey. Right, Steve Tyler. Joe Perry's from uh, Aerosmith. Um, so, Journey. That's quick question, nice. quick uh, tidbit on Aerosmith. Um, uh, Edward, you know my friend, uh, Jeffrey Waldman, affectionately known as Waldo. Waldo. Right. So we, used, we so we were roommates back in the day, and we were looking at apartments up and down Commonwealth Ave, and they kept trying to sell us on this one apartment in Commonwealth Ave, and we were like, it's too expensive, we don't like it. And they're like, well, you know, Aerosmith lived in this building. And so as we're going up to the third floor, Waldo goes, hmm, I wonder if there was any love in this elevator. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. That's a song by yeah, them. Yeah, I know. Right, right. <laughs> We did not take the apartment. Uh, the things yeah. that make me chuckle. <laughs> I love it. That would have killed me. All right, Brooke. Who's up? Okay. You ready? Yeah. Here we go. I've heard this. Yes, you have. I love this song. Yeah. Um, Another Boston band. It's okay if you don't know. I don't know the name. All right. It's called okay. Centerfold. By Jay Gale's band. Nice, Jack. Very good job. Very good job. Yes, also a Boston band. Mm -hmm. Um, We hope to get Peter Wolf in the studio here soon at uh, Pod 617 Studios. That would be a huge get. Guy's a a legend. He knows uh, John Butcher pretty well, who we do a podcast with. Awesome. But I digress. All right, Jack. All right. (laughs) Jack's up. All right. All right, here we go. An 80s classic. I know this song. I recognize. Tulu Tulu Rae. Tulu Rae is the name of the album, right? You might know them from their other hits, None. (laughs) (laughs) Right. I was going to say, their other smash hit, Zero. (laughs) I don't know. It's Come On Eileen. Oh, come on. Oh, <laughs> right? No. By Dexie's Midnight Runners. Come Midnight on, Runners. I, yeah. Come on. Yeah. Come on. I, I know that song. Yep. There you okay. Go. Brooke, can you take another one? Sure. All right. All right. That a girl. <laughs> no? No. Okay. You want to take a guess? Bust the move. This is a Bye. 
forget the artist, but I know it's Busta Move. Nice. It's by Young MC. Young MC. Yep. All right, I'm going to give Brooke another shot. Let's give her one from the list. Brooke, if you don't get this. This is the Beatles. Yes. And um, the name is... Um, what's the name? Um... Who's singing? John. That's right. Um, that's that's extra points right there. Yeah, she knows that's the right. difference between John and Paul. She that's does. Great. One of the odds. I was literally singing the song earlier when we were recording. Really? Come on, Brooke. You know the name of this. Come together. Right. Yes. Go. Yes. All right. Come nice. Good job. Ready to go, Brooke. Very good, Brooke. Do we have time for two more? Sure. Why All not? right. Jack, you're up next. Right. Come together later recorded by... Aerosmith. Aerosmith. And That's also Michael, Michael Jackson's version is also outstanding. I recommend it. All right. Next one for Jack. Here we go. Carry on, Carry on my words on Kansas. <laughs> <laughs> it's not, not the hardest pull given no, the, the lyrics, no, I guess. But yeah. You like the song yet? I've never. Love it. Really? Okay. Yeah, you're not a fan? Uh, I don't know. Kansas. See, one maybe it says a drummer, but no, oh, Dustin maybe the so, Wind. Yeah. Oh, you're right. Yeah. Sorry, Dustin Wind's better. Yeah. As uh, Bill and Ted once said, with Socrates, yes. all we are <laughs> is dust in the wind, dude. Dust, wind, <laughs> dude. <laughs> yep. All right. Uh, stand by for the next song. All right, Brooke. Last one. Okay. Last one. This is uh, the same song. Yep, same song. Yep. All right, Brooke. I failed as a yep. DJ. All right. <laughs> we'll try it again. You ready, Brooke? Yes. All right. All right. Here we go. This is Beastie Boys. Yes, and... Brass Monkey. No. Oh, wait. Wait. Think about it. Pass the mic. No. Think. Come on, you know this. Come on. Would it help if I scratch a little bit? (laughs) I know you know this. I do. Shake your rump. Yes. (laughs) All right. So little, little known. About a hand for all of our competitors. Oh, amazing hand! Amazing, you guys did an incredible job. And on top of that, did you know a little? Did you know tidbit that we'll end this segment with is that Brooke actually just read the Beastie Boys book that mm. came out in the stores, and is writing her book report and doing a movie presentation about said book. I love it. So Beasties for life. Which, all right. Which one passed away? MCA. Oh. Yeah, I know. Tough. Yes. This one be. goes out to you, MCA. This yes, exactly. Right. Guys, you did great, and well I did done. not fail as a father. That is yes. the verdict. Mazel tov. Hi, everybody. I'm Chami DePerel. Let me take a minute to tell you about the Boston Podcast Network. How would you like your own podcast? The Boston Podcast Network can produce one for you, whether you're a lawyer, financial advisor, business owner, or really any kind of professional. You should have your voice heard through this exciting new medium. A good podcast is more powerful than traditional advertising. If a prospective client hears your podcast through their earbuds, you're already in their head. Literally, pod617.com will help you deliver a message and build relationships. Clients and centers of influence will delight in being a guest on your show. Go to pod617.com to start planning. And in the meantime, listen to the great shows they've already produced. The Irreverent Bitchless Bride Podcast, the hilarious show known as Shawshanked, and the wild trip through the paranormal that is Monsterland. Be part of the pod revolution. Visit pod617.com in pod. 
we trust. The next segment is all about sports. One of my favorite segments, sports is in my blood, and it's called... My dad wanted me to be a baseball player. Inspired by the great Roy Hobbs, here's where I talk sports. So on my mind this week is the whole collective NBA state of the state of the NBA, for lack of a better way of saying it. What I mean by that is that you know I grew up a, an NBA head. You know, growing up as a as a teen in the '80s, here it was Celtics greatness. You had you know Larry Legend, McHale, Bird, Ainge, DJ. But you also had Red Auerbach pulling the strings. Now, why Red Auerbach? Why did I bring him into this discussion and, and not talking just about the players? Because Red Auerbach was, if nothing else, one of the not just the, one of the greatest coaches ever, but one of the greatest GMs ever. And I don't like what's happened today to the state of the NBA where the GM is almost irrelevant. You know, outside of Danny Ainge, name me any other GM in the league who really has the reins of control today. I can name one. LeBron James. <laughs> well, oh, they, wait. Yeah. Well, that's my whole point. <laughs> so you literally put that on the tee and are letting me swing, the yes. great producer that you are, mm -hmm. is because today it's the players. The players control where they go, when, who they play with. It's it's. You know, I understand they have that right. They fought for that right through collective bargaining, through unions, and God bless them. They have that right. They're powerful. I would argue that the NBA Players Union is more powerful than the than the MLB Players Union. And no one – you could never say that about any other sport forever. Mm -hmm. But now it's become – absolutely just out of control with the level of control like you just said LeBron is basically the GM of the Lakers you know uh, you know even this nonsense with Kyrie I love Kyrie but for God's sakes like he's calling the shots of where he's going next Anthony Davis and this nonsense with the Pelicans where he basically said I want to be traded and now he's being paid to in essence sit out the rest of the season because he's pouting in a corner because he can't play with his buddy LeBron you know, Charles Barkley had a good, I think it was Charles Barkley had a good quote on this. You'd say, you know, I played against some of the greatest players in history, and I used to play against Larry Bird, play against Michael Jordan. He said, you know what I, he said, you know what I said to myself? <laughs> I said, now he said, did, what did I, what did I say? Did I th say to myself, I want to play with them? No, I said, I want to beat them. I want to beat him. Oh my God! That's right? such a great, yeah. such a great reference and such a great quote. I'm not surprised Sir Charles said that because yeah. he played when men were men. Not to say <laughs> today they aren't men. Of course they are, and they're amazing, skilled basketball players. And the, the quality, I would say, of the product has actually gotten better mm -hmm. over the years. But you're absolutely right. Would Larry Bird ever say, "You know what, Magic? Let's team up"? Yeah. Never. And in this NBA, a player of his ilk would legitimately do that. Yes. And it's, you're right, it's sucking the fun out of the game. So here's one question I have for you is when did it start? I'm going to have to say the decision. Yeah. The decision. I, you know, look, I love LeBron. Mm -hmm. I think LeBron is whatever era he played in would be a fantastic all-time player. But I don't like the LeBron ink. Well, the the – Devil's advocate position, however, would say it might have started with the Celtics because I don't know. Well, maybe we'll never know. Interesting. But did did would Kevin Garnett have come to Boston if Ray Allen had not? Remember. So, so that's a really good question. Yeah. And I'm gonna have to take my Boston mass wholeness, you know, glasses off <laughs> yeah. and try to look at this impartially. No, I can't. Here's the problem. Okay. So you have to remember we traded for Ray Allen that's right. first of all in the draft. That was a draft day trade. We traded for Ray Allen. And then it wasn't we, even necessarily a popular trade. No, at the time it was sort of like eh, this guy's one dimensional. Right, right. Yeah. But Danny, being one of the most brilliant GMs, for sure, 
is in the in the league. Ed, you it, can yell at your kid. All right, okay. all right, Jack, sit down. <laughs> <laughs> so one of being the most brilliant GMs in the league, you know, Kevin Garnett was actually a trade too. He did not come here as a free agent, right? And you're right, he wouldn't have come here if there weren't. But he just he wanted had to, to wave he, his no trade. Right, clause he had to wave you. his no trade clause, but he just wanted to win. Yep. It wasn't like he got together with Ray Allen and Paul Pierce and said, you know what, let's do this. Mm-hmm. Let's pull the strings behind and make our GMs irrelevant and play with our buddies, mm-hmm. right? Our people we want to win with. So. I don't agree with that. I think LeBron and Wade and and Bosch did what we just said, the banana boat, right? They got together. They said, we're buddies. Let's get together in the offseason. We'll make this work. That was far more orchestrated and far more, uh, might I use the term, sinister in the way that they did that. And so, you know, yes, uh, you know, I I, I just think this level, this era we're in is taking the fun out of a lot of markets that deserve good teams. Uh, I'd even take it a step further, Ed, and say it it affects the – the gameplay it affects the the style of play, and I heard somebody say this recently, and so it's not my original idea, but this is the AAU generation. So my my son played AAU hoops for a while, and it was fine, like good quality competition and all that. But the 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 camaraderie, the sense of team was was not a priority. Priority right. was how do you showcase your kid. And you end up meeting a lot of parents who think they're agents and move my kid to this team and that team, they're going to have a better opportunity. So this this generation, they starting with, Le, not starting with LeBron, but LeBron famously starred in AAU. And so they, they have this mentality where they showcase their own talent. So look no further than James Harden. It, he, <laughs> he, I mean, okay, so yeah, yeah what he's doing mm-hmm. is amazing. But, and uh, again, I'll say this isn't my thought. Someone else has said it, but... It, it's basically like third grade hoops where you give the ball to the kid who's the best and let him dribble as far as he can and then shoot. That's, That's basically right. what James Arden That's is right. doing. And, you know, having having a sentimental streak, you know, I like the Hoosiers. I like the, how many times are we going to pass the ball? I was just you know? going to reference that. There you go. Four passes. Yeah. yeah. Four times. Yeah. 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 And that, to me, there's no more exciting pass in basketball than uh, no more exciting play than the pass. Princeton in the NCAA tournament, running the picket fence, yep. the backdoor cuts. Yep. And uh, where is that? What What made Larry and Magic so great was not passing. The, yes. yes, teamwork. It, it, right. Yes. It was just not their scoring. People look back with revisionist history. What made them great were they were awesome passers. Yes, incredible passers. So, so long story short, I, I do think our day of reckoning will come for the NBA because I don't think the fans are liking this days of our lives that it's turned into. <laughs> and we just want our sport back. We want some semblance of normalcy where the fans actually have a fighting shot and don't have to worry about courting a player to come play with their team because they're best buddies with this person and so on and so forth. Rant over. Hi, I'm Nick. I'm here to tell you about an affliction that affects millions of Americans every year. It's growing and there's no end in sight. I'm talking, of course, about Podcast Envy. Hi, I'm George. I suffered from Podcast Envy. Sure, I had a podcast, but it wasn't the biggest deal. It was just insignificant compared to other podcasts. I felt so inadequate. Hi, I'm Buck. I felt myself consistently looking at other podcasts. They seemed so massive. My friends and I were finally able to conquer podcast envy when I found the Boston Podcast Network. They gave us a new podcast, a mighty powerful one too. They even gave it a name, Shawshanked. We finally had a podcast, one we could hold up high and be proud of. We were now able to whip out our podcast and expose it publicly. Thousands of people received our podcast on the internet on Pod 617. 
Com. Some enjoy our podcast in bits and spurts. Many prefer to swallow it whole. Either way, don't wait any longer. Please act now. End your own podcast envy. Go to pod617.com and take hold of your own podcast. Find our podcast Shawshank. See if you can handle it. Don't be ashamed of your little podcast. Get a big one at pod617.com. For the next segment on Are You Not Entertained? It's my favorite segment. Every podcast, I like to do a segment where I get upset and I rant and I rave about things that piss me off. And it's called... George is getting upset! Ed's getting upset. And I am upset because the topic this week is something that really causes a rift in my family. Unfortunately, or some would say fortunately, but I'm going to say unfortunately, I married into a skiing family. My wife... Love skiing, grew up skiing. My in-laws have a ski house in Vermont. And you might say, oh, my God, Ed, that's amazing. And we go away with our kids every winter, and they go skiing up there. And you might think, that's fantastic. Well, here's newsflash. I fucking hate skiing. And I hate it with the power of 10,000 million trillion superstar death destroyers. Ah! And there's a lot of reasons why. And as I always say, if you want to see written form of my rants, you can go to my blog at redpilltalent.com, but I'm going to read through them. And I'm going to read through these blog posts and by numbers and my reasons why I hate skiing. So first and foremost, reason number one, it's cold as shit. Now, excuse me for being a rational human being who thinks that being outside in sub-zero degree temperatures where you have to wear 15 layers of clothing and be outside at howling winds where you can't feel your face is fun. Where in God's creation is there anywhere where you willingly freeze yourself to death? I don't understand this rationale. Oh my God, Ed, but you're in nature. It's beautiful. Well, there's a lot of beautiful nature where I don't have to freeze my nuts off out to have fun in. It just makes no sense to me. No, I get it. You're saying, oh, but you get to go in the lodge and you get to have a hot cocoa or a cup of coffee or a hot tea to warm up. Well, you wouldn't have to do that if you weren't freezing in the first place. It makes no sense to me. The whole rationale behind doing that is just nonsense. So again, when we build our homes, if you think about this from a human being, we have this thing called insulation when we do that, right? And insulation is there to protect us from the elements. But in skiing, we put on 7 million pounds of clothing, go outside in the freezing, and say, isn't this wonderful? When we all know it sucks. I know, oh my God, Ed, but the thrill of going down the mountain and the beautiful views and with my friend Chip and, and Chet and our sweaters around our necks, and I'll get to that in a minute. If you're freezing, how can it be fun? How, how, how? All right. Next. Reason number two. Okay. <laughs> Mortgaging your home. Now, what do I mean by that, Ed? Mortgaging your home? Well, let me put it to you simply. To pay for a family of four to go on a day skiing is no joke, probably around four to $500. Yes, four to $500 just to have the privilege of going and freezing your ass off on a mountain with a bunch of Chets and Brads and Steves <laughs> The Yacht Club on a mountain there to have that privilege. And then that doesn't include when you come back into your precious little lodge and have to pay for the hot chocolate, 
the hamburger, the pizza. By the way, that sucks, but I'll get to that later. <laughs> and that food is another 100 bucks. Easy. Easy. You want a candy bar? Oh, that's $75. <laughs> so the combination of the paying for the right to freeze your ass off all day in miserable temperature... Secondly, with the, the, the cost of the food, the cost of everything, you know, you want to breathe? $10. Everything is super <laughs> duper duper expensive. Now, let me tow on, throw on top of all this expense, the gear cost. So the cost of skis to rent skis is exorbitant. If you want to <laughs> buy skis, oh my God, forget it. And then, ah! right. and then you've got to have the precious ski poles and all the cool gear and the stickers for the helmet. Well, again, you might as well just take my blood or have me go somewhere to, to take out a loan on my house because the fun of skiing is not fun when you're the person who has to pay for this day. All right, I'm moving on. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you to my, to my one or two people who agree with me. Ed's getting upset. Now, I know I live in New England, and up here in New England, this is the thing to do come winter. Well, it's not my thing, and you're going to listen to this rant, and you're going to take it. All right, number three. The people. Now, I, now, if you've heard my rants before, I don't do well in crowds. I don't do well with huge swaths of humanity around me. The smells, the idiocy, the people, all of those things just intent. But when you're in a ski lodge or on a ski mountain... It literally turns into Hunger Games, okay? You've got crying kids, pushy adults, and teens everywhere, all up in your stuff with little room to move. On top of that, there's this phenomena in these, in these ski lodges where you have to find your table, right? And rush and plow through people to put your stuff down on this ta table, and literally people will kill you to get there first. You need Katniss to protect you. From all the people that want to get you. Yes. Sorry. <laughs> the human part of being humans is absolutely thrown out in this environment. It's literally, yes, a free-for-all. And then at lunchtime, it gets even uglier. You have to wait in a 45-minute line to eat crap food stuck behind people asking about the caloric intake of the hamburger that's been sitting under that hot lamp for two or three days. Oh my God, just, I can't stop it. And then people just are, are just, again, when you get in a sea of people, intelligence, collective intelligence goes down about 100 IQ points. People throw their food and trash everywhere. Don't clean up after themselves at the tables they sacrifice their firstborn to get. And because you're so close to everyone, you hear the beautiful chorus of kids crying, teens talking back to their parents, I'm looking at you, Jack, and adults <laughs> complaining and screaming at the kids. Oh my God, just like we talked about in the airplane rant, kill me, end me now. All right, number four. Now, again, I'm late to the skiing game. I'm married into a skiing family. I did not ski growing up, but there's this one thing called the honor code that I just don't understand at ski lodges. Now, I grew up in Massachusetts, and much like anyone else who grew up in near a big city of Boston or New York or Chicago, the concept of just leaving your stuff and no one's going to take it makes zero sense to me. But that's what, again, the collective intelligence at ski lodges just goes down 100 points. And everyone's like, well, I'm just going to leave this bag full of all my most important possessions on this table and then walk away and go ski with Brad and Chad and Sue down the mountain with our sweaters around our neck for four hours. And no one's going to take it. No one's going to worry. 
But yet here, this unspoken honor code exists. You know, when I, you know, again, maybe I'm a bad person. But wait, does it fail? Have you had uh, your no? And to to that credit, no. It still bothers you. But it still bothers me. The anxiety (laughs) of that. I can't. My wife is like, "Well, you just calm down. It's fine. The bags are there. Fine. Leave your keys in the car. Right. Exactly. I'm going to leave my wallet. You know, like my DNA code, everything in there. But it just makes no sense to me. But you know what? Because I don't ski and because I was born in Massachusetts, this innate mistrust of humanity is with inside me. And so I stay inside, A, because I hate skiing, but A, more importantly, A, A, sorry, point, point, A, is to guard our crap. I don't trust anyone not to take our stuff. And so for me, you know, yeah, you can go outside and have fun freezing with all the yacht club crew. I'm going to stay inside and guard our stuff because I don't trust any of you. All right. Next. Ed's getting upset. Oh, and I am upset. Next on my list of why I hate skiing is pain. Pain, you say, Ed? You know, so, ah! you know, I've, I've been around skiers now for most of my 30s and 40s. And I can tell you, even with my children who love skiing, they absolutely love skiing. But every skier I <laughs> but every skier I know who skied for years, not once have they come off the mountain and be like, oh, I feel so refreshed. I feel so good. Actually, Ed, it's just the opposite. What I hear are they're saying payloads for money to, of crap to spend out there to freeze their ass off of cash to come back and be like, oh my God, I'm so tired. Everything hurts. That's what I hear all the time. It hurts, it's painful, it's exhausting. But, you know, and let me give you an example. I love golf. Golf, you can go outside in beautiful weather, nice sun. The sun's coming down, you go with your friends, you maybe smoke a cigar, you have some beers, you're out there on a beautiful golf course, you're taking it easy. And not once in my several, several years, 20 plus years of golfing, has anyone I've been with, friends, family, you know, whoever, come off the golf course and said what I hear when, you know, oh my God, I'm in pain. No. You say, wow, that was fun. That was relaxing. But every person skiing is exhausted, they're temperamental, and their body hurts. Never mind the defrosting aspect that has to happen with all of it. So again, let me get this straight. You pay for this? Makes no sense to me. Okay. My last and not important, you know, it's funny is, I'm sitting here going through this list of skiing with my kids who love skiing in this room with me. And they haven't had a word to say. Curiously enough, because they know I'm right. They're frightened. They're frightened. They're seeing me. No, they see me get angry all the time. But they know I'm right. They have no counterpoint to my arguments. Because my last point is the most, the thing that just gets under my skin the most. Badges. Now, what do I mean by badges? One of the most douchey, idiotic things in the whole skiing culture is that people literally collect these ski passes on their jackets like Boy Scout badges. What is this? I've got to see people with like 17 of these things hanging off like it's some code of honor. You can't really take them off. Yeah, yes, you can. I don't buy that for a second. This is your whole inner ski quotes, you know, code against each other about I'm cooler at skiing than you. I've been to this mountain. I've been to that mountain. I went down this thing, or just like, you know, in, in Lane Meyer would say in, in my, my, one of my favorite movies, Better Off Dead, I skied the K-12. Okay, on one ski. The reality is... Right, exactly. We ain't got no badges. We don't need no badges. I don't have to show you any stinking badges. 
<laughs> exactly. And that's such a great movie, too. So the reality is, is this. Anywhere, any sport that I need to go out and have badges on my jacket to show the rest of the world how special I am in that sport is no sport I ever want to be a part of. There we go. There's my fans, my, my people agreeing with me, saying, Ed, Ed, I breathe your hate. I drink your hate. I love it. So in closing, I hate skiing. Ah! Ed's getting upset. I hope you'd enjoyed this broadcast of Are You Not Entertained? It's been a blast. I want to thank my man, Dave Yaz, Zoo, thank you. producer extraordinaire. If you want to learn more about me, at Ed Nathanson on Twitter, Ed underscore Nathanson on Instagram, Ed Nathanson on LinkedIn. My website is redpilltalent.com, where I do talk a lot of business, but I also share movies, music, pop culture, rants, whatever you want. Until next time, my friends, I ask you, are you not entertained? You want a candy bar? Oh, that's $75.